Yoshi, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome back to another motherfucking episode of a podcast that I like to call This and Motherfucking That. A podcast where we talk about, honestly, anything that's going on in the goddamn world of what the fuck ever at this goddamn point. Because I don't know. I don't know. I'm not Irish. Not really, no. Mm. But... We have a pretty interesting podcast, nonetheless. No more shitty Irish impressions are guaranteed, I can tell you that. First off, we uh, found out who the two goats were that were teased in that Madden NFL 22 cover. I guess it's for the MVP edition. It's the greatest quarterback and the greatest football player of all time, Tom Brady and uh, Patty Mahomes. Uh Apparently, a senator's son says Trump sought to intervene in the Patriots' spygate. And an all-female fight breaks out in the White Sox bleachers. Of course, we'll get into uh, some gun control talk. Caitlyn Jenner. Apparently, she's going to be running for governor of California. Oh, boy. Um, Tucker Carlson acting like Tucker Carlson, basically. Uh... Shout out to fucking Connecticut for legalizing recreational marijuana. We'll get into that. And uh, finally, uh, dozens of uh, people are suing the motherfucking hub. Oh, shit. But uh, let's get into the uh, good old sports. And let's talk about the disgrace of a fucking simulation football game. That is Madden. Well, apparently they released their Madden NFL 22 MVP edition cover. And it features the likes of... Tom, my fucking greatest quarterback and greatest football player of all time, Brady, and Patty Mahomes. It's uh, a shit game, that's for sure. It's pretty fucking shit, if you tell me. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I do fall victim to buying this shit heap of a game every fucking year. I don't know why I waste my money, but I do. Uh, should I stop? Yeah, but am I? No. So, that tells you, you know, uh, something about me, pretty much. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, this, let, 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 fuck the cover, let's talk about this game for a little bit here. Because this game is the biggest pile of hot steaming dog shit there is. <laughs> Out of 10 is what I rate that game. Is what I rate the past couple Maddens. You know? A lot of people say, and I kind of agree with them. And I say kind of is... Because I've played Madden 09. Yeah, it's pretty much got the same franchise as 08. But I, I honestly, eh, I've played 08. I'd say 08's a pretty good game. It is pretty Probably up there for one of the most best Maddens of all time. It's got a pretty deep franchise mode that the latest issues of Madden lack. And that's one thing that I'm pissed off about. Bro, imagine a fucking deep franchise mode today in Madden. You ain't gonna get that anywhere else other than uh, good old Madden 08. You know? That's the nicest, deepest franchise out of all the Maddens in my eyes. Now, if you really want to go deep and you really want to, you know, 
dive into the franchise experience. There's a game I wish EA would bring back. And that's the, uh, the fucking, what is it called? The EA head coach. Like, bruh, they need to bring that game back. They need to. It needs to return, and it needs to return now. Like, that game was so fucking fun. I haven't played it, but I've seen plenty of fucking videos on YouTube. That, and I am a huge franchise guy. I, I love to play franchise in Madden. It's honestly one of the reasons why I get Madden. And honestly, I know what you're thinking. Well, if you're a franchise guy, how the fuck can, can you enjoy the... Uh, the current Madden franchise, it's a big load of steaming poopy. Honestly, the, uh, the best way to fucking enjoy Madden is to create moments yourself in your head, you know? Fucking, there isn't really much to do in franchise mode in terms of managing a team or the career mode, if you want to call it. But... Madden, let's just say, is a big load of, uh... Poo poo, it's it's el garbage. It's hopefully gonna make somewhat of a stride in the next game. I don't really have high hopes for it, though. Whew. Come on, Madden, you can do this. Uh, before I got this information, um, it's everywhere around video gaming, uh, news and shit, and it's also. Uh, on the NFL website, if those want the link to where I found this info, I will send it your way. I have all the links to my sources and all that. Let's see, what's next? Former Senator Arlen Specter's son said former President Donald Trump tried to intervene into the Patriots' quote, Spygate probe. Is Thank you, random voice from the hill.com. Yes, that's exactly what we are going to be talking about next. So, apparently... A senator's son says Trump sought to intervene in the Patriots' Spygate probe. Hmm, this sounds interesting. I don't, I don't know whether to believe is this just another thing to bring up fucking Trump, or is I, I don't know what to fucking think of this. But uh, this is coming from you from our good friends from thehill.com, uh, a well-known source on this podcast. A source that I can trust that I know won't put a left or right wing spin on things, you know? Because I do try to like to keep things as center here in this podcast as possible when it comes to sources of articles. Uh, my opinions are my opinions, you know, so. But the article we have here, like I said, is from thehill.com and it reads, the late Senator Arlen Spencer's son said former President Trump tried to intervene in the New England Patriots Spygate probe. Sean Spencer, Arlen Spencer's oldest son, said Charles Robbins, ghostwriter for two of Arlen Spencer's memoirs and his communications aide, said Trump offered money for the elder Spencer's campaign in exchange for him dropping the investigation into the Patriots, ESPN reported. In 2008, Spencer had an investigation started into the Spygate scandal in which the Patriots were accused of illegally videotaping other teams during the season. The former senator also wanted to discover why NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell had all the evidence of cheating destroyed. Oh. Oh. Oh, okay. 
I see where this is coming from. Okay, I see what turn this is taking. Spencer's calls for an independent investigator where met with panic by the league and allegedly sparked the interest of Trump, who was friends with Patriots owner Robert Kraft and Spencer, according to ESPN. Spencer reportedly visited Trump in Palm Beach in 2008 and had a phone conversation with him afterwards. Ooh, let's see if I can uh, do uh, uh, a good Trump impression. Here we go, ready? If you lay off the Patriots, there'd be a lot of money in Palm Beach. The former president, president, yeah, he's a president. President allegedly said he's a predator too. Ha ha. This is completely false. Jason Miller, a senior advisor to Trump, told Hill. Okay, he sounds like Trump. Fuck it. We have no idea what you're talking about. Adrian Spencer was reportedly agreed by Trump's offer, though he didn't name former president in his mentor, in which he touched on his investigation of the scandal. Memoir, excuse me. Bleh. I'm not sure why he didn't disclose it was Trump in the book, Sean Spencer told ESPN. But he liked Trump. They had a warm relationship, so they may explain it. But that, of course, was a different Trump. If my father were in the Senate today, a lot of things would be different. A Patriot spokesperson told ESPN that Kraft never asked Trump to talk to the Adrian Spencer and is not aware of Trump having any involvement in the matter. Trump donated 11,300 dispensers campaign committee over the 30 years. The Hill has reached out to the Patriots for comment. <laughs> so, Trump always has to do with fucking something, man. Anyways, moving on. Uh, oh boy. An all-female brawl breaks out at a Chicago fucking White Sox game. Oh, God. I'll have to watch the video because the article includes the video if you guys want to watch it for yourself. Um, but this is from fanbuzz.com. The article reads, Fans are back in Major League Baseball games, which mean cardboard cutouts are a thing of the past and knockout punches and dad face palms and exploding nachos are all on the rage this season. We have already seen nasty scuffles and hilarious streakers return to the MLB fields as thousands of fans pack the stadium. We all needed was an all-out female brawl in the bleachers to further the content, to further cement the fans are back notion. Thanks to a few chicks at a Chicago White Sox game, we now have that. <laughs> and they show videos of the brawl. Um, some woman named Nancy told uh, said, "Told you the bleachers ain't fun for the week." Oh. And I, is that a Red Sox? Oh, so that, that, that better be a Cardinals jersey. I'm like, God damn it. But yeah, there's a bunch of uh, bunch of videos of the brawl. Like I said, it's on fanbuzz.com if you guys want to find the article. But uh, I thought I would share that and uh, have a little laugh before we get into the main event of the night. Whoo! Are you all ready for this? Because ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, strap in for a load of bullshit. That's right, we're going to be hearing the BS that is spewed from conservative talk show host um, Ben Shapiro. We're going to be hearing his BS takes on gun control. Um, as you can tell, this guy is 
nothing but a right wing nut who is spitting but nothing but nothing but right wing narrative um this video is coming to you from Fox News let's get into it we got an Oklahoma City bomb there as well. What gun control law would have stopped that guy from doing what he did back there? I mean, even the guns that he was using, I'm not sure that there's any evidence that, that gun control would have done anything. I mean, he obtained, apparently, these weapons legally. He had gone through federal background checks. There's no evidence of significant mental illness to this point. So all this seems like is people shouting, do something, while they have no particular solutions and no expertise on guns or gun control. I mean, the suggestion that gun control is going to put an end to incidents like this again that that is an evidenceless proposition based on nothing but emotional response that is an evidenceless proposition based on emotional response the evidence current gun violence that's currently going on in the world this was a video from uh, october 4th 2017 this is when they were talking about late night hosts talking about gun control in the las vegas massacre but no ben it's not based off an emotional response. It's based off of the fucking current gun violence that's still happening in America till this day, and it's currently going up, okay? These numbers that I'm about to read to you, because Benny Boy, I know you like numbers, and I know you like facts and all that, so I'm going to give you some. These are coming from uh, gunviolencearchive.org. Uh, they basically basically list each and every type of gun violent crime that has happened literally within the past minute you know they're that up to date but <clears throat> i want to point something out here on these on the um past years tab of the gun violence archive page if you notice from 2015 all the way to 2019 it hovered around 300 the highest, well, it, uh, the highest year was uh, 2016 for 382 while it was hovering around the 300s. Then all of a sudden, now, and then all of a sudden, mass shootings spike up to 417. Now, as you know, around 2019 is the was the beginning of the pandemic and it, it it makes me wonder was the number of mass shootings going up because of the pandemic you know then you go from 2019 from 417 to 2020 which was um, 610, that basically goes up at least a good 200 mass shootings, but pro gun nuts and pro 2A motherfuckers will be like, oh, those numbers are low, they don't matter, blah, blah. but that's not the point, it doesn't matter if they're in the hundreds, that means gun violence is still happening, and that means gun violence needs to come to an end you know yeah we can't clean up all of it but we could probably clean up a good percentage of that maybe even get that down into the double digits who knows 
But uh, let's continue on here with this uh, video. I was looking at Jimmy Kimmel last night, and he said, well, for those of you on television all day that tell me not to, uh, not to talk about gun control, my First Amendment is just as important as your Second Amendment. Ben, what's your reaction to that? Well, I mean, no one is talking about stopping him from, from talking. I mean, I would, I would never try to ban Jimmy Kimmel from talking on television. He should stop trying to ban me from owning a firearm. And, and again, and nothing that the, that the late night hosts are saying has any sort of relationship to reality. If they want to call for an outright gun ban, if they want to call for all guns in the United States to be removed, then we can at least get an honest assessment of what it is they believe. But when they say things like, a little bit of common sense gun control would stop all of this, that's, that's just a chimera. It's not true. They're, they're making things up because this is all about the moral disapproval of people who own guns. And that, that's what- That is not true as well. It is not all about the moral disapproval of people who own guns. It's about, again, the current ongoing gun violence in America that seems to be getting worse and worse by the year. That's what drips from a lot of these folks is this idea that if you oppose them on policy, it's because you don't care enough about what happened in Las Vegas. And that really is, that, that's quite disgusting. I mean, the idea that if we disagree on politics, it's because my heart isn't big enough, but your heart is just big enough so you understand Jimmy Kimmel or Stephen Colbert or Seth Meyers. You understand truly what America needs because you care so much. That's, that's pretty nasty stuff. So what is the issue here? What do we need to be talking about? Well, I mean, I think we don't have enough information yet to know what sort of policy proposals would, would be on the table. This is one of the things that drives me nuts about this. Mass shootings are actually a pretty terrible way of determining policy because the sample size is so low because it tends to be non-representative of deaths involving guns in the United States overall uh, for, for a variety of reasons. I mean, if we actually want to talk about gun violence across the United States, we'd actually have to start talking about if you're going to talk gun control, then let's talk about Democratic areas in major cities. Here we go. Blaming Democrats. This is what the right does. When they have run out of arguments, they go straight to critiquing the Democrats. They go straight to pointing out the Democrats' flaws. You know? At this point, this man's out of arguments. He's just going to go straight to the fucking Democrats. That's what they do. That's exactly what they do. Because that's where virtually all of the murder, at least a huge percentage of the murder, is taking place in the United States. Even that, though, it would be, I think, a, a false premise because the fact is that the number of guns in the United States has gone up as the murder rate has gone down. Per capita, there are now 1.45 guns per American in the United States. There were less than one gun per Americans in the, in the United States. Oh, so you're going to realize with this goofball, he's going to start throwing out numbers and shit, but doesn't provide a source in which he got this information. So for all we know, he possibly could be making these numbers up. Like, how, how am I supposed to trust these numbers, Ben? Where's your source? Where did you get any of these numbers? You know? United States in 1993, and the murder rate has declined markedly since that time. So the idea that more guns equals more crime or more guns invariably equals more mass shooting, the evidence is really weak on this stuff. But sorry, where's the source of your evidence there, Ben? It's like someone making a claim but having no evidence to back it up. You basically cite all these numbers and all these claims but provide no sources to back it up. I bet you this is something Fox News probably told him to say. Most likely that's something Fox News told him to say. If you think about it. I mean, now, now they look, yeah, we're on Fox News. They're, they probably whipped up a good script.
Who knows? I I I I wouldn't be surprised if fucking Fox News writes a script for their for their um guests that come on their show. I mean, cuz think about it. They have to pander to the right. This is the right. This is a right-wing channel, so, you know. Uh, who who knows? So what does that tell you? Does that tell you that more people owning guns with murder rates going down? Is it because we feel like using a gun, we can protect ourselves more owning a gun? Well, I mean, I think there's a case to be made for that. The truth is that correlation in these cases doesn't always equal causation. So saying more guns, less crime, it may be just as wrong as saying less guns, more crime. Um, but, it, but, but by the same token, to suggest that if we just remove guns, that's going to send the crime right down, it's not true. People keep talking about things like Australia, where there's a big gun buyback. And the fact is that in Australia, they only removed one-third to one-fifth of guns. The gun crime rate was declining markedly before that. And the United States right. is not the same as Australia. Try going to Texas and telling everybody they need to hand their guns over to the federal government and see how the gun rate, right. the, the gun death rate goes up. That also, tell the people in England how safe they are uh, when they've had five attacks over the last year. Uh, and they have uh, very few guns over there, as well as France. Even law enforcement and, uh, doesn't carry guns, right? As well as Spain, true. Good point, Ainsley. And finally, I didn't know, I'm not a gun guy, I don't pretend to be, but now I'm finding about these bump fire, uh, these bump fire stocks that allow a, a semi-automatic to be an automatic. And the fact is, according to the ATF, it was actually legal to do. Would you, as a pro-gun guy, entertain the fact that we get rid of some of that conversion? Yeah, I think I would. I mean, the fact is that the machine guns have been illegal for sale since 1986 mm -hmm. in the United States. Um, devices that can convert a semi-auto to fire like an auto, I think there's pretty widespread support for getting rid of some of these devices. That said, a bump stock is very easy to, to make yourself, uh, to imitate. Uh, firing a, a semi-auto at a high rate uh, is not particularly difficult to train to do. So it, I think that we can do it. I just I wouldn't use it as, as this sort of... The, this panacea. I don't think that you can use it as a cure-all. Video has basically come to an end. So this is an eight-minute video we're going to go through um, on his YouTube channel. And we're going to be checking out a video that goes by the title of Ben Shapiro Dismantles Obama's Gun Control Arguments. Which I'd like to reconstruct the title. You know, re redo that to Ben Shapiro shamefully dismantles Obama's gun control arguments because it's a damn shame that this video is up. It's a disappointment of a fucking video. It's a joke of a video. It's nothing but right-wing bullshit. It's nothing but a video pandering to the right. As you'll see right off the bat here. So much of the left-wing view on gun control is just completely dependent on lies. It and so much of the right-wing view on gun control is also dependent on lies as well there, Ben. I think you meant to say right-wing, not left. See, right off the bat, that is a complete fucking lie. No, it's based off of the current gun violence that's happening here in America. Something you obviously do not know about because you're too busy pandering to the right. It really is. It's dependent on panicking people about stuff that they really ought not be panicked about, statistically speaking. Statistically speaking, um, bullshit. It's something so, just, that we should be worried about because it's something that's starting to get fucking worse in this country, Ben. But obviously, you don't care about that. Just to take a quick example, Barack Obama is, is now 
pushing the notion that basically you have to walk around believing that your life is at risk from mass shootings. That you, like the normal American citizen going to the supermarket, you have to be deeply worried that you're going to get shot today. President Obama said, quote, we should be able to live our lives without wondering if the next trip outside our home could be our last. We should, but in America, we can. I hate to say it, Ben, but Obama's right. We can't. Because of the people nowadays this country is allowing to get a hold of weapons. We are literally, Texas is now literally allowing mental nutcases to carry concealed weapons without a permit. We will get on to that later on here in the podcast. Oh, don't you worry. That's going to be good, but... This man is clueless when it comes to gun control. The only thing so far he has been saying out of the videos we've been watching are nothing but right-wing propaganda. Are nothing but things the right-wing says. Let's continue on here. Uh, you can. You totally can, actually. In fact, if you're mostly worried about like what's going to happen after you exit the door, what you probably want to worry about is like heart disease, cancer, car accident. If what you were... See, this is the attitude of the right when it comes to gun control. My point proven right there. This is the attitude when it comes to gun control on the right. They do not give a single fuck about your life. They could care less if your child gets shot up in a grocery store. They could care less if anyone gets shot up anywhere. They don't care. As long as your precious guns, as long as, excuse me, as long as their precious guns are okay, then that gun violence that's currently going on doesn't matter. Worried about is somebody shooting up your supermarket? Statistically speaking, wrong. Like, it happens because bad things happen in a country of 330 million people. Evil things happen. They're evil people. They're mentally ill people. They're deranged people. Okay, but your chances of being murdered in the United States, just straight up murdered in the United States. Here's what's going to happen. He's going to now start to throw some most likely BS gun death statistics because that's the only arguments right-wingers can provide on gun control. They have no factual, truthful arguments on gun control the only arguments they spew out are oh protect the second amendment oh don't take away my gun rights blah, 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 blah. as we heard ben say in the last video the right needs to desperately be educated when it comes to gun violence and gun control because they're the ones that are creating the false narrative of gun control they're the ones creating false narratives about gun violence. They're basically acting like as if gun violence does not exist. Like it's not a thing to them. It doesn't matter if your local supermarket gets shot up. Oh, we got to more worry about this, this, and that. No, it's more about heart disease. Let's more about this. Fuck if your child gets shot in the supermarket. Fuck if you get shot up in your local gas station. Now nah, we got to worry about this. Fuck gun violence. That's how the right operates. And that's how the right is going to continue to operate. And that's going to be one of the many reasons why we're going to have gun violence. Approximately one in 20,000. One in 20,000. By the way, those are not 
your chances. Those are the average chances of being murdered in the United States. If you live in a high crime area, it could be higher than that. But if you live in a low crime area, your chances are significantly lower than that. Because we know that murder is centralized in major American cities in high crime areas. Sorry about that. Pause and unpause. I was trying to see if he would stay to source, which he didn't. Spat it out just random gun violence numbers with no source to back it up. For all the for all we know, these could be if these could have been made up gun death statistics. Who knows? Where does where's your source, Ben? That's something the right does when they give out their BS gun death statistics. Is they never provide a source. And normally when they do provide a source, it's a right-wing website. It's a right-wing pro-gun website trying to expose gun control. But in reality, it's more right-wing rhetoric. Which means that if you live in a fairly safe suburb, your chances are not like 1 in 20,000. They're probably more like 1 in 100,000. Not only that, your chances of being murdered by a random stranger are extremely low. Hey, most murders in the United States, about 19,000 a year, most murders in the United States are people who know each other and happen in the home. So really, if you're worried about being murdered, probably you should leave the house. <laughs> okay, but again, Ben, where the fuck are you getting all this information? Where's all this coming from? This is what the right does, is make things up. Again, they don't give a fuck about your life. <laughs> Turns out you're more likely to be murdered in your own house than anywhere else in your life. By somebody you know. Says who? Go look at your friends and family, guys. But here is, the, here is the actual statistic. And this matters, okay? The reason it matters is because on the back of this lie that you have to worry that every time you leave your house you're going to be shot in a public place, based on this lie, they are now pushing a basket gun grab. In the same way, that people dramatically overestimate their risk factors when the media overcover things. This is particularly true when it comes to mass shootings. So, when it came to COVID, for example, a huge number of Americans, as in like the vast majority of Americans, thought their chances of dying from COVID were a multiple of what they actually were. If you ask most Americans, out of 100 people who get COVID, how many are going to die? Most Americans will tell you five, 10, three. The real answer in the United States on average was of 1,000 people who get COVID, about five were going to die. And if they were under the age of 60, the chances were a lot lower than that. It was more like two or three in 1,000. And if you're under the age of 20, it was almost zero. Okay, but people... Yeah, I did hear about that. I did look into that. That actually is true. I guess the lower the age you are, the less likely COVID will affect you. I, I did hear that, yeah. risk in statistically speaking they do it based on gut they do it based on instinct like daniel kahneman has a great book called thinking fast and slow which talks about people's inability to properly estimate risk they do it basically on anecdotal evidence if you saw somebody murdered in front of you today you would think my chances are pretty good that i'm gonna get murdered tomorrow well if we are living in a nationalized media environment in which every murder is shown on our tv we tend to think that number, this is true every year by the way there are polls Every single year. How many Americans think murder is... At this point, he's basically blaming the media. Which everyone on the right does that. They always blame the media for shit. You can tell this guy is a right-wing nut job. You can tell he's a conservative. Because, again, listen to the way he's talking. Clearly blaming the media. 
which I'm not gonna lie. The media is a corrupt fucking piece of shit. Like I said, I don't watch any of the major news networks. I don't watch no CNBC, which I guess a lot of people say that's more of a neutral, uh, a neutral news source, which like I said, I've never really watched CNBC. I've mainly only watched MSNBC on election night, but other than that, that's really it. Uh, I don't watch CNN. I don't watch MSDNC as Trump would call it. I don't watch Fox News. I don't watch any of those major news networks because they all do not report real news. They either report news that panders to the left or news that panders to the right. They don't put out true real news. And I hate to say it, so does the local news. I can't even trust the local news at this point. I remember um, one of my local news stations here in uh, Massachusetts... Um, excuse me, was reporting on a protest. I think it was about the Minneapolis shootings. I, I don't know. I'd have to relook at it again. There's, uh, they were talking about people protesting police, uh, here in Northampton, Massachusetts. And they were basically saying in the article that it was escalating. It was getting worse. Oh my God, shit was ramping up. When in reality, nothing was escalating at all. It was a peaceful protest. This is honestly what the media does. They hype things up. They blow things way out of proportion. They, the media at this point is unreliable is getting worse and americans almost every year think that murder is getting worse and usually it's not in the last couple of years it has because of bad democratic governance in which they remove funding from the cops but for which that's actually not true again but there he goes blaming democrats there he goes blaming democrats that's what the right does throw out random bs gun death statistics blame democrats you know, that's what the right does. For like 30 years, the answer was it's getting better. Or at least since 1994, it was getting better. Okay, but every year people thought it was worse. Why? Because when you turn on the TV, all you see is dead people. Right. I agree. Okay, I, but here is I'm not going to lie. I agree with that. That I, Ben and I can kind of agree on the media situation. I'm not going to lie. Ben and I, I think we could have a good conversation about how corrupt the media is. I think him and I may agree on that. Media is corrupt. Media is fucked. I don't trust any news station. I don't trust any news at all. If I were to read news, like I said, the only uh, website I really rely on news for is thehill.com. Like I said, that's why I also use them in the podcast a lot. It's because they're a center source that doesn't twist things to the left or the right. They pander in the center. It's, it's, again, it's similar to the lie that was being told during the summer where you would hear Dwayne Wade or LeBron James go out there being like, every time I walk out my front door, I'm afraid I'm going to get killed. And you thought to yourself, oh, that's just the NBA like, being the NBA. NBA are a bunch of fucking drama queens. Oh, that's a stupid thing to worry about. Like, really, in, in a country of 42 million black Americans, in which, according to the Washington Post, in 2019, a grand total of 13... Black Americans were shot unarmed by the police. And not all of those shot by white police officers, by the way. So 13 out of 42 million 
black citizens of the United States. LeBron James, like, the thing he worries about most when he goes out is being shot by the cops. The man's worth, like, a billion dollars. No. No, that, 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 no, that is a prop, that is improper allocation of risk assessment. So what are your actual chances of being shot in a mass shooting in the United States? Because remember, Barack Obama's comment was, in America, we cannot wonder if the next trip, uh, we, cannot, we cannot go outside without wondering if our next trip could be our last. We can't, we can't do it. It's impossible. Well, it may be impossible because he keeps spouting statistical lies, but here are the actual statistics on mass shootings in the United States. Between 2007 and 2017, this is Mother Jones's archive, okay? Mother Jones, a far-left publication. According to their mass shooting estimates, there are about 495 people murdered in mass shootings total between 2007 and 2017. About 49.5 people a year, 50 people a year. There are 330 million people living in the United States, which means that between 2007 and 2017, your chances of being murdered every year in a mass shooting were one in 6.6 million. One in 6.6 million. So do you leave your house every morning and think to yourself about all the risks that are higher than one in 6.6 million? And then yes, I do. Basically, I'm going to cut that off right there. If you guys want to go and watch the full video, uh, like I said, I don't know why I'm shouting them out, but if you guys want to watch the full video, Ben Shapiro dismantles Obama's gun control arguments, you know, do what you got to do, you know, check it out. But, but yeah, that's basically how the right views gun control and views gun violence. They basically don't give a fuck, but we are going to stay on the topic of gun control and gun violence. Because the DOJ warns Missouri state officials that y'all yeah, motherfuckers can't ignore them federal gun laws. The fuck you all thinking? Well, of course, they have a Republican governor. That's what the fuck they were thinking. Well, of course. But the Department of Justice is warning Missouri state officials that they cannot ignore federal gun laws. The Associated Re Press reported Thursday. In a letter obtained by the news service, DOJ officials said the U.S. Constitution Supremacy Clause outweighed a new state statute that prohibits police from enforcing gun laws. Basically, enforcing laws that keeps the law-abiding citizens of Missouri safe. Because Republican. <laughs> the DOJ argued that the state doesn't have the authority to prevent law enforcement from carrying out their duties and to shield citizens and businesses from facing consequences. The public safety of the people of the United States and citizens of Missouri is paramount. Acting Assistant Attorney General Brian Boyton said in a letter, Boyton added that the new law threatens to ruin the relationship between local and federal authorities. Governor Mike Parson, Republican, Signed into law on Saturday that legislation prohibits state police from enforcing federal gun laws as an officer who violates the law will face a $50,000 fine. This is how much the right cares about your life. They care more about guns than your life. This is what happens when you have a Republican as a governor. In his statement with Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt, another Republican, on Thursday, Parson said 
He will reject any attempt by the federal government to circumvent the fundamental right Missourians. I was right, Missourians! I was right! Oh shit! How did I guess that on the first try? Missourians! I thought y'all, okay, no, y'all are called Missourians, okay? Missourians have the right to keep and bear arms to protect themselves and their property. Basically, every right-wing fucking argument. That's because that's the only argument they have. Okay, and people also have the right to fucking live and not be shot up and murdered. Throughout my career, I have always stood for the Constitution and our Second Amendment rights. Translation, throughout my career, I have never gave a single fuck about your life and more about guns. And that will not change today or any day, Parsons added. Translation, you will continue to get shot the fuck up on the street and I will continue to care fucking less. The Hill has reached out to the Department of Justice for comment. State Democrats argue that the new law is unconstitutional and that it won't pass in a court challenge, the AP reported. Six GOP-led states have passed legislation that lifts some restrictions on concealed carry permits motivated by the Biden's administration's more restrictive approach on gun laws, according to the AP. Meaning, because Democrats are finally starting to attack gun violence and try to get rid of it, Republicans are basically making more gun violence occur. They will do anything to keep the bloodbath flowing. But we're not done when it comes Texas to Governor Greg Abbott signed a bill into law on Wednesday making concealed carry without permits legal in the state. The Texas Tribune report. There you go. Thank you, Hill.com video. But yes, Texas Governor Greg Abbott has basically truly turned Texas into the wild fucking West. Can you believe it? Republicans fucking turning their states into the wild west. And ooh, we got to read these tweets. All right. We got to read. We got to read this tweet because this this tweet's good. This is from Governor Greg Abbott. Okay. And I'm going to read to you guys some of the replies on this tweet because they are from some of them are from pro 2A people. All right, let's start with this one. The power grid still sucks. That should be your priority, not walls, abortion, and guns. True. Nothing screams well-regulated like letting anyone roam the streets with a firearm without any sort of training. I'm pro-gun, and I think this is BS. Let me repeat that to you again. Let me repeat that to you again. Because listen to who the fuck it's coming from. Nothing screams well-regulated like letting anyone roam the streets with a firearm without any sort of training. I'm pro-gun and I think this is BS. This is coming from Mark G020 on Twitter. Shout out to fucking Mark for having a goddamn brain. This is from uh, Bop56 on Twitter. Uh... I and millions of other Texans do not interpret the 2A the same way you do, or at least how you say you do to pander to your to the radical cult. I own guns, normal ones. I am against open carry in any other form other than to and from certain places. CCLs are way too easy to get 
That's my 2A. Another pro-gun person calling out this law. You see now, it's not just Democrats who think this is bullshit. It's also pro-gun people as well. Okay? This this tweet comes from... Uh, I'm probably going to butch this. I'm going to spell it out. S-T-A-X Mojo in Love Sickos. Uh, S-T-A-X-M Mojo. You guys can go check them out on Twitter. Give them some love. But they go on to say, The GOP plan... Relax gun laws nationwide, blame blue city urban governments and minorities for the inevitable rise in gun violence and cops being shot. Use the increase in gun violence as an excuse to aim their police with military, to arm their police with military weapons. Try that cop diet, <laughs> whatever the fuck that means. So yeah, even... People from the left, people from the right, people people from both fucking sides are seeing how ridiculous this is. Like, I'm scrolling through these comments and I'm running and I'm reading these these replies and it's just like, it's ridiculous that there's actually... Shit like this happening in this country. I, I just can't form any words right now, man. That, what I'm reading here. This is coming from uh, Linda Hobbs on Twitter. Every single day, more gun violence. Please, you can end gun violence. We need help all over Texas. Dallas police said 17-year-old male faces a murder charge in the shooting Death of a 19-year-old man. Here's, a, here's one more tweet. I'm going to read you guys one more tweet. Welcome to Texas, where the Second Amendment rights are more protected than women. Sums up Texas. But uh, this article, like I said, is from thehill.com. And it goes on to say, The bill will allow those who aren't barred by the state or federal law from having a gun to carry one concealed with no license <clears throat> meaning they can buy a gun and not have to go get a license to carry it they can carry it freely as long as it's concealed without a license this law also also expands who is barred from carrying a weapon allows police to question a person based solely on them carrying a gun increases penalties for those carrying illegally and makes Texas Department of Public Safety offer free online gun safety courses according to the Tribune, which courses that none of these motherfuckers will even pay attention to. The law is set to go into effect on September 1st, puts alongside 20 other states with similar concealed carry laws. Kevin Lawrence, executive director of Texas Minipu, Minipu, Pew, 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 Police, 
Association is against the law saying it makes it harder for police to figure out if someone is allowed to be carrying a gun. Which, I get that. That, he has a point. He has a point. You don't know that someone who shouldn't be having a gun is well, carrying a gun. But if you think about it, that's Texas for you, you know? Anyways, moving right along here. Uh, oh, boy. As soon as you thought I was done with the Trump talk, oh, hell no. Nah. It has been calming down, though. There hasn't been too much Trump drama no more ever since he's left office. But uh, Trump allies pursued DOJ to back election claims document show. Yeah, that's right. We're going back into this can of tuna again. Mm-hmm. This is uh, also coming from the Hill.com. Newly revealed documents obtained by the House Oversaw and Reform Committee revealed that former President Donald Trump and his allies pursued the Department of Justice to back his unproven claims of election fraud in the days and weeks before the January 6th attack on the Capitol. The documents released publicly on Tuesday showed Trump, his then Chief of Staff Mark Meadows, and outside allies putting pressure on senior DOJ officials to probe claims of voter fraud in December and early January. Emails provided to the committee by the, Justin, by the Justice Department revealed that Trump sent allegations of election fraud to top DOJ officials minutes before he announced that their promotions, which were sparked by the resignation of then-Attorney General, General William Barr, Approximately 40 minutes before Trump tweeted that Barr would be stepping down and that then Deputy Attorney General Jeffrey Rosen and then Principal Associate Deputy Attorney General Richard Dughue would be promoted. His White House assistant sent Rosen with an email, the subject from POTUS, which contained materials alleging voter fraud in Adam County, Mitch Michigan, Mitch, yeah, it's Mitch, Michigan, in Atram County, Michigan. The email also indicated talking points that claimed a cover-up is happening regarding the voting machines in Michigan, and Michigan cannot certify for Biden. Trump then sent the same documents to Dugenhanger, we'll just call him Duhue. According to the committee, the documents also revealed that Trump used official White House channels and a private attorney to urge the DOJ to file a lawsuit in the Supreme Court that asked the court to declare that the Electoral College votes in six states that Trump lost cannot be counted and requested a special election to vote for president. I don't know why I just changed the Kermit's voice, but it did. Additionally, the documents illustrated attempts by Meadows, who was then the White House Chief of Staff, to ask DOJ officials on at least five occasions to pursue claims of election fraud. So basically, Trump was begging the fuck out of the Department of Justice to overturn the election, pretty much. To basically say, hey, fuck yeah. Oh, fuck you. I won the election. <laughs> I won. I'm so glad he's not president no more, man. I'm so glad he's gone. 
well, I want to say we have a real president, but uh, anyway, though, moving on from that, we're going to talk more about uh, the attack on the Capitol and uh, good old Tucker Carlson and Fox News. Um, <clears throat> this is coming from Snopes.com. We also have an article from Occupy Democrats, a far left website that I sometimes but very rarely like to use because I do like to hear the opinions from the far left and far right websites sometimes. But this is from Snopes.com and apparently Tucker Carlson said that the attack on the Capitol was orchestrated by the FBI. But uh, according to Snopes that this is false, during his Fox News primetime show on June 15th, 2021, host Tucker Carlson launched into a, let's just say a tyrant, accusing the FBI of orchestrating the uh, January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol. His basis, charging documents in criminal cases cite unindicted co-conspirers. Oh. What does that mean? Well, that means that in potentially every single case, they were FBI operatives, Carl assessed. You know what? Fuck it. Let's just let the man himself say this. Let's, 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 let's hear the man himself say this. Every single case, they were FBI operatives. Really? In the Capitol on January 6th. For example, one of those unindicted co-conspirators is someone government documents identify only as person two. According to those documents, person two stayed in the same hotel room as a man called Thomas Caldwell, an insurrectionist, a man alleged to be a member of the group, the Oath Keepers. Person two also, quote, stormed the barricade at the Capitol on January 6th alongside Thomas Caldwell. The government's indictments further indicate that Caldwell, who, by the way, is a 65-year-old man, is dangerous insurrectionist, was led to believe there would be a, quote, quick reaction force also participating on January 6th. That quick reaction force, Caldwell was told, would be led by someone called Person 3, who had a hotel room and an accomplice with him. But wait, here's the interesting thing. Person 2 and Person 3 were organizers of the riot. The government knows who they are, but the government has not charged them. Why is that? You know why. They were almost certainly working for the FBI. So. FBI operatives were organizing the attack on the Capitol on January 6th, according to government documents. And those two are not alone. In all, Revolver News reported there are, quote, upwards of 20 unindicted co-conspirators in the Oath Keeper indictment, all playing various roles in the conspiracy, who have not been charged for virtually the exact same activities, and in some cases, much, much more severe activities as those named alongside them, in the indictment. So that's the gist of what this is about. Um, Carlson cited a report on the website Revolver.News, a pro-Trump site that regularly promotes media appearances by former President U.S. Donald Trump's uh, speechwriter Darren Beetle. Beetle was fired in 2018 by the White House after speaking at an event with white supremacists. In the segment, Carlson, 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 yeah, his name is Carlson now. Carlson signals out two people whose identities were obstructed 
and charging documents in the case against Thomas Codwell. Codwell is a 65-year-old retired Navy, Navy, wow, I can talk, Navy commander who is facing multiple charges related on the attack on the Capitol. Charging documents in Cadwell's case cite a person one, person two, and person three. Those of two people are easily identifiable and none of three are likely to be undercover federal agents. For example, federal court documents state the anti-government militia group Oath Keepers are led by one, are led by person one. The leader of the Oath Keepers is Stuart Rhodes. We aren't aware of any evidence that Rhodes is an undercover FBI agent or paid informant. So technically, Snopes doesn't fucking know either. Person 2, who also isn't a government agent. Person 2 is Cadwell's wife, Sharon. She is identified in publicly available charging documents. In a conspiracy case against Cadwell and two alleged Oath Keepers, Donovan Crowell and Jessica Wilkins. The document names Person 3 as someone named Paul but does not provide his last name. In a message to Crowell, Cadwell stated, Per changing documents, that Person 3 won't be the quick reaction force and would have the goodies in the case things go bad and we need to get heavy. It's also unlikely per a court filing on Codwell's behalf. However, that person, three, is an undercover federal agent. Attorney for Codwell wrote that quick reaction force mentioned in changing documents against Codwell was never quick, reactive, nor a force. So, the article goes on to say, in arguing that the government oversees the threat posed by Codwell, Codwell's attorney, David Fisher wrote that the force was actually one man who is in his late 60s, obese, and has compulsory issues, a bad back, a bum knee, is in need of a hip replacement. Despite defying reality, Carlson's piece caught the attention of right-wing conspiracy theorist Candace Owens. She tweeted to her 2.7 million followers that the idea... The attack was false flagged by the government was common sense because the FBI still hasn't arrested suspects who left pipe bombs near the Capitol. For additional context, we reached out to Ira Robbins, a law professor at the American University in Washington, D.C. Robbins pointed to a 2004 paper he authored in which he outlined nine reasons the government in general may use unindicted co-conspirators in, in criminal cases. One of those reasons may be that the person is cooperating with the government in its investigation. Robbins told Snopes in an email that it was possible that there were undercover FBI agents who had infiltrated the extremist organizations that participated in the attack on the Capitol, like the Oath Keepers. Also, some unindicted co-conspirators in the criminal cases resulting from the attack may have simply been regular people who informed on others got a break in exchange. Robbins called the claims that the FBI organized the attack on a capital speculative, inflammatory leap, inflammatory leap that may play well with their audiences, but which may lack any basis in reality. This is hardly the first time right-leaning media, right-leaning media figures have attempted to lay blame for the deadly attack on people other than Trump supporters. The violence had very 
Excuse me, the I can hardly read, so I do apologize for the shitty reading there, ladies and gentlemen. Let me try that again. The violence had barely subsided when some began falsely claiming an after or anti-fascist activists posed as Trump supporters to carry out the attack in order to make Trump supporters and his supporters look bad. We reached out to the FBI, but we're told that the FBI had no comment. But we're going to stay on the same topic, but we're going to read an article from a more far left website called Occupy Democrats. I, uh, I read this page from time to time. I, I honestly like to see what they have to say uh, and how far left it is. The lengths to which the right wing media will go to convince you that what you saw with your own eyes wasn't actually happening is truly extraordinary. Despite tons of evidence culled from videos, social media posts, and the testimony of those arrested for participating in the January 6th violent incarceration at the Capitol building, cynically manipulative agents of misinformation masquerading as news anchors continue to try to shift the blame for the unprecedented, unprecedented, well, I cannot say that, unprecedented, there we go, burst of sedation from Trump, sedation from Trump and his supporters to anyone else they can think of. God, I cannot talk. They do so to prevent the assessment of responsibilities for the violence to the Republican Party and its streets enforcement arms, including the Proud Boys, the Oath Keepers, the Three Percenters, despite obvious copious evidence of their planning to storm the Capitol building and prevent the certification of the election of Joe Biden. As president. So if you guys want to continue to read this article, uh, it's on OccupyDemocrats.com, but I thought I would read a little bit of it. But as we near the end of this podcast, we're stepping out of politics and we're moving on to uh, stuff more out of politics. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, uh... Which one do we start with here? You know what? Let's give a huge shout out to Connecticut who is poised to legalize marijuana recreationally. Uh, shout out to Connecticut. Um, Connecticut is poised to become the 18th state to allow residents to use marijuana for recreational purposes after a measure cleared a critical hurdle in the state's legislature late Wednesday night. This is coming from the hill.com and this was posted 6-17-21. So this was posted uh, two days ago. I'm recording this on the 19th. So the state Senate is expected to ratify House amendments and a vote Thursday. The legislation passed the House on a nearby party line vote. Only one Republican voted in favor of legislation, while a dozen Democrats voted against. Governor Ned Lamont is expected to sign the bill. He had threatened to veto earlier version because it did not address equality in recovering from the decades-long war on drugs. Lamont's office made clear he opposed a measure that would have had allow those prior medical marijuana convictions to get preference when applying for licenses to grow or sell legal marijuana. So, 
Shout out to Connecticut. Legalizing marijuana. You know. A lot of states are benefiting really well from medical marijuana. And recreational marijuana. Massachusetts is making the big bucks from it. (laughs) And that's no joke. They've been making close to a billion dollars in sales through uh, medical and recreational marijuana. And that's in the state of Massachusetts. Honestly, if they legalize this shit, both recreationally and medically, countrywide on a federal level, do you know how much money the government could rake in with marijuana? It could rake in a lot. And I mean a lot. Marijuana has helped so many people. And it hardly kills anyone. Name me one person who has died from marijuana affecting their body other than from them being under the influence of it and not consuming it and using it responsibly. And what I mean by that is going out and driving. Like, I know there are some people out there who can drive under the influence of marijuana. Me, for example, I'm a person who... I can handle driving while under the influence of marijuana because I, I I'm a I'm a one I'm a one track person, you know. When I'm stoned and I'm really focused on something, I'm really focused on something. Like if it's a good stativa and it's got that good buzz and I'm driving, bro, I'm in the zone, eyes are locked on the fucking road, the mirrors, everything, bro. Yeah, I'm like leaning back a little bit, but when it's a stativa, I'm more alert, man. I'm more like basically more alert of what's going on but honestly it's time for the country to give up this bullshit that marijuana is bad you know it's it's time to start legalizing marijuana countrywide it's time to start letting people smoke the holy herb for once you know man but uh moving on to our final topic of this podcast. I thought this podcast would be a lot longer than an hour, but I guess not. Uh, the final topic we have to talk about today is Pornhub. <laughs> the good old Hubberino. Yeah, that's right. Women are suing uh, the good old Hubberino for lack of consent. Um,. More than 30 women are suing the company which owns the streaming site Pornhub alleging exploitation over the use of a of no-no videos of naked sexy fucky time videos. You know like type shit, you know what I'm saying? You know getting it in like yeah boy. The women say the videos were uploaded to Pornhub without their consent and have Lodged a civil suit in California. Of course. The California lawsuit accuses of MindGeek of running a criminal enterprise. In a statement, Pornhub called the allegations utterly absurd, completely reckless, and categorically false. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I've, I've done my fair share of the hub. Before I've had my beautiful girlfriend, Willow. I've done my fair share of the hub. And 
I'm not gonna lie, I've seen content that I've seen other places, but, I mean, yeah, I've seen some of my favorite videos of the past get taken down for copyright or for violation of terms of service or some shit, but... The article goes on to say, Pornhub is is free to use, but users can pay a monthly fee for higher quality video streams and extra content. Its content is mostly uploaded by its own community and publicly viewable. However, the company has said every video uploaded is reviewed by human moderators. Pornhub told the Big Black Cock BBC... Pornhub has zero tolerance for illegal content and investigations, any compliment or allegation made about the content our, on our platforms. It said it had the most comprehensive safeguards in user-generated platform history, 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 which include the banning of uploads from unverified users. Oh, really now? However, the BBC's U.S. partner, CBS says Pornhub does not require its users to verify the identity or age of those featured in its videos, nor, according to CBS, does it seek to confirm the consent of people who appear in the videos posted to the site. Brown Rudwick LLP, the firm representing the plaintiff, says the lawsuit alleges claims under the Victims of Trafficking and Violence Protection Act of 2000. One of the women... In the suit told CBS she was only 17 when her boyfriend basically conjured her into making a nude video. But I want to say that's borderline pe pedophilia. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, she's 17 though. And if you think about it, law enforcement and police really don't give a fuck if they're 17 because think about it, it's a year before 18 so you know the woman who used the psycho duum isabella said the video was later posted on Pornhub without her consent and she only found out about it from a friend Pornhub said it takes very takes every compliment regarding the abuse of its platform seriously, including those of the plaintiffs in this case. It is added that it is not intended to be <coughs> hyperbolic language in the lawsuit. Distract from the fact that Pornhub has a place, a safety and security policy that surpasses that of any other major platform on the internet. Last December, there... Last December, a New York Times investigation accused Pornhub of being infested with child abuse and rape-related videos. Claims the site denied. Of course they would fucking deny him. Dirty fucks. Pornhub said it received 42 billion site visits in 2019, with 6.83 million videos uploaded per combined viewing of 169 years. It did not say how many moderators it employed. So, Pornhub... Is under motherfucking fire. God damn. But of course I realize I look at the list and I see life update. I was going to do this at the beginning of the stream. But uh. Oopsie. But uh. Nah. Life updates like. 
Honestly, man, where the fuck's the podcast been? Where the fuck have I been? Why the fuck have I been not posting videos up on my uh, YouTube channels and all that? I've been doing live streams here and there, but I've just been busy with moving, honestly. I've been moving. I haven't had internet. I finally got internet, like, last month. So, I, that. so basically, you're thinking, why, why wouldn't you make a podcast? Well, because then I had to deal with fucking unpacking. Then I had to deal with organizing my room, getting my shit together. It was basically one long fucking proc process that, you know, needed time. Like, I wanted to make sure that I didn't have anything else to fucking do. And I pretty much all really I got to do left is just empty out the other basement. <clears throat> but I guess the landlord said there's no big fucking deal about that. So <clears throat> we get to keep our little storage cubby down in the basement. That and... The basement that's in our house is a fucking nightmare because the stairs are small as fuck. Uh, like, literally, I bump my head on the stairs. But, yeah, basically moving from my old apartment to my new one. Um, technically have my own space now uh, upstairs here. But other than that, you know, I've just been dealing with moving. I was recently in Florida, as you all know. Well, not recently. I'm couple months back I was in Florida I got back to Massachusetts in April what since April May June so about a month or two has passed since I've been back and again like I said I've been stuck in the old small ass apartment and you know I've been moving and doing all that fun stuff so now that I'm finally back <clears throat> well now that I'm uh Finally back in my home. Uh, well, now that I'm finally in the new apartment, I can finally start recording. And uh, finally start making videos again. Finally start making podcasts. I may want to start doing my... Uh, I may, I may want to start doing my uh, Eagles and Patriots recap videos again. I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking about those. But uh, that's pretty much what's been going on in my life. Hey, did you guys hear that Caitlyn Jenner is running for uh, California governor? <laughs> you didn't think I'd forget about that. I almost forgot about that. I just realized I'm looking at my uh, rundown list here, and I almost forgot about that. Yeah, so Caitlyn Jenner has decided to run for governor of California. I tried searching over the internet. I can't find any of her fucking... Pol Hold on. Let me see here if... I can't possibly find some of her fucking policies here. Hold on. Let, let, let's see. Because I've been looking all over the internet for this fucking woman's policies and I can't find them. Caitlyn Jenner policies. Let's see. What Caitlyn Jenner has said about her policies, and this is coming from People Magazine. Let's see. Because there's really nothing about what her policies are. Like, Caitlyn Jenner announced Friday that she is running for governor of California, buying to become the latest celebrity turned politician in a state that elected Arnold Schwarzenegger nearly 20 years ago. In her announcement, Jenner, 71, took aim at Democratic Governor Gavin Newsom's handling of the COVID-19 pandemic 
and spoke broadly of wanting solutions and more prosperity. Okay, so she wants to mess around with the COVID, which is actually starting to become a lot more better. Jennifer and her aides... In her announcement, Jenner71... Okay, I read that. Wow. So, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm skimming through this article here. I'm trying to see exactly what the fuck... Like, I'm not really finding anything related to her policy. It's just her talking about fucking Trump and... I, I don't know. When her campaign page comes out, I don't know. I may have to... Uh, Make a, a video looking at her policies, but I can't fucking believe it. Yeah, that's right. Arnold Schwarzenegger um, got elected as governor uh, some time ago. And Jenner's like, well, if any celebrity can get elected as governor to California, then why the fuck can't I? <laughs> you know? So, I don't know, but <sighs> some crazy shit, bruh. Some crazy fucking shit. But nonetheless, I guess that is going to do it for this episode of the This and That podcast. I've pretty much talked about all I wanted to talk about. Uh, it was a good one. I had fun. Hopefully, you guys will be able to hear the videos and, you know, I'll probably have to go back and fix that if y'all can't, but... With that being said, I guess that's pretty much going to do it for this episode of This and That. If you guys did enjoy, y'all know what to do. Um, anyways, peace!